Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are going to talk about margin and ROAS and why they are very important and related to each other. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I know you recorded a podcast with um, the founder of The White Company. So that, we're going to put that up shortly, which is quite interesting. Um, I wasn't on that one. But this one's going to be about uh, margin and ROAS. Yes. Because we wanted to talk about the building blocks of an e-commerce business. And to be honest, it's, I, don't, I don't know why, but it's not, it's not covered in a lot of places. I think a lot of the online podcasts and marketing, they're all about, you know, like, AdWords and digital stuff, but actually, I, I guess a lot of the podcasts are not run by actual retailers, so they don't get into this important area. So I, I really wanted to cover it, and I'm also going to let people download what we call the margin calculator sheet. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And we'll be talking about why we created that tool and why it's important as well. Yeah. So, um, and what, what I want to do, Ian, is try and throw in as many examples of um, how this has affected their business um, and, you know, whether it's a tailwind or whether it's a real yeah. headwind. And stories. Yeah, yeah. So, the, 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 so basically the first point I wanted to cover was like what is a good margin and what's yeah. bad? And then let's talk about the knock-on effects of that. So what would you say a good well, margin a second. is? Actually, what you just said before has just resonated with me that, that you don't often hear people talk in e-commerce well, obviously, the agencies and the consultants, you don't often hear them talk about margin. And you know what? For the first probably 10 years of my career, when doing what we're doing, I didn't ask clients what the margin was enough until it was quite late. And obviously, we've been doing this for 20 years now. And I'd say the first half of it, like... I, you know, I always thought, oh, we can, we can, we can make it work. We can make it work. But the first question I ask now is, what's your margin? What's your average order value? And mm. I, I, it resonated with me because I had a conversation this morning with a customer who has an average order value of about one hundred and fifty pounds, but a margin of five percent. And it happens wow. to be an industry where. There's no lifetime customer value, so it's one product purchase, really, maybe once every mm. three years. And it's 5% margin, and that... How do you even work? How do you even work with that? You mean, you can't even... You, the, like, if you put that into the margin calculated sheet, the ROAS would have to be something ridiculous yeah. to make well, it work. That, that's exactly like... the impact. So the ROAS, to make that business work, the ROAS has to be over 20, about 25%, 25 times. Yeah. You know, in order to be... I would have even thought it might have been higher than that when you're yeah. putting delivery. Well, I mean, it depends on how close to the, the wind you want to go. But, I, you know, mm. it, it's like, it's, it's fundamentally critical 
it influences mm. everything. Your ROAS, you know, your ability to scale, you know. So yeah. going back to your question, what's a good margin and what's a bad margin? And what, what's the knock-on effects of having a bad, a bad margin? I mean, you know, in the case that I've just said, you know, the knock-on effect of having a bad margin is that the business cannot scale profitably because they have two yeah. inherent inbuilt weaknesses of their business, which is number one, they have a 5% margin. Number two, they have no lifetime customer value. So mm. if they got a higher, if they got a low margin, but a, an amazing lifetime customer value, you know, that is, you know, a slight, maybe that's a get out of jail card. That could be just enough because, because when, yeah. they're, when they're buying again and again and again and again, you know, the cost per acquisition of, is a lot lower for an existing customer, isn't it? It's much lower than a new customer. Yeah. So, and if you look at the big customers, I mean, look at some of the customers who, you know, we've worked with who do more than 20 million. I don't, none of them have got a margin less than 45. Well, the, you like know what though? The there least. is, there is one or two, but the one, the one or two that are doing 20 million are with a lower margin are losing money they're losing money right. they're losing so one, one one client that comes to mind is losing two and a half million and they're doing a mm. turnover of about 20 million and their margin is about 30 percent right losing yeah two and a half million right now yeah so yeah it comes down to those fundamental rules of e-commerce doesn't it, it it's so much harder and it, I know, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, you're right. Because so this particular customer, they're based in the UK, they're doing about 20 million and they're selling other people's products and the margin is 30%. But they've got a range of products, which is their own brand. And that margin is 70%. And yeah. you know, the difference in the long term to actually to to sell more of their own margin products because it's 70% margin versus 30% it's it's just game changing and, yeah. and it's also so much yeah. more flexible because you can do much better recruitment offers you can do mix and match and three for twos and you know you can do good welcome deal incentives and so is that the strategy you're working on them trying to you're basically using it using the email list to kind of push um, more own brand products looking for opportunities into yeah. into that side of it yeah and and yeah, yeah and, and building in the, the pricing architecture but it's like it's basically if if we can push their own brand products more we rather than their their existing their other products we can push the ROAS to be much more aggressive. So we can afford to be much more gung-ho with our marketing budgets mm. and, and go a lot further than we can if it's other people's products because the margin isn't there. So we, it's, 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 it's really critical. Yeah. So an yeah. average margin, I would say, is about 50 55%. That's typically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then sixty-five gives you a lot of a lot of tailwind, yeah. doesn't it? it and and, and, and obviously, there are some there are some businesses that have exceptional margin. You know, like yeah. three, four hundred percent. You know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. You know, they do exist. 
Yeah, they really do. <laughs> it's just it's just nice. I mean, you, like a tailwind of the business is great margin and a high average order value. Yeah. Starting there, I mean, if the the trifecta is high margin, high average order value, and high repeat customer. High, that's where yeah. you're gonna that's where you're gonna make a lot of money. High lifetime. God, I mean, that's an absolute bloody gift, isn't it? You've got a high average yeah. order value, high margin, and a high repeat lifetime well look at apple apple is kind of a bit like that they make their own products they must have a decent margin on the products yeah they have a long time lifetime custom value because you people are always buying their stuff and replacing their phones and um their average order value is really high and you know it's one of the if not the biggest company in the world isn't yeah. it you know so yeah. it scales it scales so the knock-on effects of having a bad margin it's like you know it's like, like someone emailed me the other day and they're saying look this is what i'm you know this is a situation i'm in how do i get out of this mm. this box and i'm like that that's the fundamental rules you're in you can't you know if you like i think his average order value was um was low and his margin was low and it's like well you there's not much you can do you can't you can't like rescue yourself from that hole yeah. with an amazing Google ads campaign or an amazing email offer or, or a welcome series or stuff like that. They, they aren't these, all these shiny things and they're great strategies and we've got strategies for each one of them, but they're not going to pull you out of the hole, yeah. the fundamental hole. So it's super important it's, that it's, you actually go and make sure you've got it right. It's business architecture, that, you know, isn't yeah. it? And some, I mean, yeah. And, and yeah. one of the bigger t strategies, strategies might be go and find other products that are higher margin, you know? Yeah. It's quite simple. Like there's nothing. Well, at least it forces you. Yeah. It forces you to look at the issue. You go download the margin sheet, calculator sheet, which is in the show notes. Put your numbers in, and see yeah. what 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 effectively the margin sheet does is it calculates the ROAS, the return on advertised spend you'd need to make the business work. And I've done a video. I've done a video explaining how to use it as well, which you, you'll yeah. get to see. And when you put those figures in, you'll go well. I need to have a ROAS of like 10,000 or something ridiculous, you know, like it's just, it's just yeah. not going to happen. And it's because um, I remember the, you know, the consequence of having a bad margin, you know, for that client that I spoke to this morning that had a 5% a margin and an average order value of about £150 and a low lifetime customer value, you know, the consequence of it, because, you know, he wants to scale to 10 million and mm. the consequence, well, right now is loss making. The consequence of it is it's just, it's massive, massive amounts of traffic needed yeah. and huge amounts of paid marketing budget. So, you know, obviously he can get to 10 million, but it'll cost him 15. Mm. You know, I don't, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but the, the consequences are it's very expensive to scale. Yeah. Well, look at look at the mistake that we, we made. Like, we made a mistake with, um, we were selling perfumes last Christmas. We thought, great time to sell perfumes. We know someone has got some perfumes. We'll drop Sipsion Pot perfumes into the UK. No one's going to the airport, so everybody's going to be buying online this year. Let's go out there. We set it. We set the stall up. We did everything. We thought, well, let's, let's set it at a seven ROAS. So, you know, one, one pound, we get seven pounds back. And uh, surely we're going to make, be making money. After a week, we're like, no, we're not making money. And the reason was, because once we got the figures, it's difficult sometimes to put the margin sheet out because you don't know what the figures are. Put the figures into the margin sheet. And because the average order value was about 25, 30 pounds, then what happened was is that the delivery cost was eating in, as, a, as a percentage of the overall value, was eating into the, um, the, the profit. So basically, say you've got like five, 
$5 delivery on a $30, $30 sale, you know, that's, that's a decent percentage of the overall sale. Whereas if you're selling something 120 and the, the delivery is only, you know, $5, then it, it's, it's, it's a much less. So basically that was what was killing us with the low average order value. The delivery is what kill you. And those little costs that you have, because it, it was, it was, it was free delivery. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was free delivery, obviously, but in the margin sheet calculator, we actually have the delivery is what the delivery costs to us, because obviously yeah. it's a cost to us and we have to well, pay for delivery. That, that so that was, was that was stupid, wasn't it? Well, it was just like, you know, you came out and did seven, then you realised you needed you needed an 11, 12 ROAS. And it's and, also because you know, which, there was no which repeat was doable. business either. Yeah, it was doable, but it was it was a lot, lot harder. So it was, like you, you wanted to recruit. It was low margin. Yeah. Low margin, low average order value, low lifetime repeat business. Yeah. So it was and, the, and, and what, it, what it came down to me was like, right, well, the only way to get this working would be to upsell on the post-purchase uh, page, which would be like, you know, you buy the perfume and you get the yoga, the twilight or the deodorant or whatever that goes with it. And you get enough of those people and that would be your profit. Um, but... It's to be honest, it's only a Christmas business, and it's you know, it, it wasn't worth doing at the no. time. But that was that's how it would have had to scale, yeah. and that's how it would have had to work. And then we would have had to go and make an investment in stock to get the margin, because the margin was about forty-five percent. If we'd stocked our own products, it would have got to fifty-five percent. And then you start having legs, yeah. um, and you start doing. But it was it was like as an investment that would have been you know maybe five hundred thousand five hundred thousand pounds or something like that. And in, as investments came in, and I kind of went, well, we can put that five hundred thousand pounds into a, into something better, and we could do something. We can make money easier into a business that has better, um, you know, better tailwind, better margins, better, you know, those kind of things. So you kind of like the margin calculator sheet is a great tool to understand where you are. Will it get better? And to understand what how the, how the lifetime customer value affects it. Yeah. So, I mean, what about the other one? The guy that sells, um, I think it's aftermarket car products. He's got a very low margin, and he has to get something like a twenty-five robust. Is that right, Ian? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the same sort of story, you know. Where it's as the as the client I mentioned before, you know, it's a five percent margin, you know, one hundred and fifty robust, one hundred and fifty average order value. Yeah, it's the same sort of story. And the, and the, I think the um, trouble is, the trouble is that in some, you know, sometimes you think, oh, the lifetime value will, will save me. So you'll get the first sale and you go maybe make a bit of a loss on the first sale and then you get the second sale. But if you if your margin's really low, you're still only getting like 20% of the second sale. It doesn't pull you out of the hole, does it? No, no. And, and I think, yeah, the lifetime customer value is there. I mean, I, I was... Just in terms of like average order value and um, free delivery and delivery, I think that was interesting as well because it's another point. Because I was working with a client the other day, and they're, and they're like selling um, artist type materials, and you know the average order value is about twenty twenty five pounds. And now, but the delivery is I think it was like six pounds ninety. So for the products that were like selling for twenty pounds, which is what. You know, thirty dollars. You know, thirty dollars, ten dollar delivery charge. You know, it was it. That's a huge problem in the eyes of the consumer. But in this case, I know this is slightly off topic, but in this case, it was their own brand of product. Like no one could comp price compare, and mm -hmm. you know they were unique to them. 
So what, what I've suggested that we're testing is to put the price of the product up by £3 and to add £3 onto the delivery. I'm mixing my dollars and pounds up at the moment just because it's a, it's a much easier sell to the customer. There's, yeah. a, there's a big problem with charging you know, a, a high delivery charge on a low-value product. You know, it's a big barrier. So if you can, yeah. disguise it and build it in and lower the delivery, it's much better to do so. Yeah. People have a very kind of like over, um, the friction on the delivery charges is, is way more than the friction on the price. I know yeah. there was a there was a furniture seller, so one of our top level two furniture clients who, you know, they they, they, they found that they were selling like $2,000 furniture and they were charging them delivery for it. And it wasn't that much, but they took the delivery plus and they put it in the price and it was just massive. It was like yeah. a psychological shift. It's like, if I'm spending 2000 pounds on a, on a sofa, I want you to pay for delivery. You know, it's kind of like yeah. they kind of expect that. But totally. It, and it, it, it is. And, and, you know, particularly if it's your own brand, because, mm. you know, you can't really compare the quality of the product. But what you do know is how much delivery is. And, and you know, and yeah. if you've got that, that example that I just mentioned, it's an average order value of, say, it's £20 and the, the delivery is £6. You think, I don't, I'm not going to pay it's not worth it, you know, whereas if you put the price of the product up to £23 and charge £3 for delivery, fine, no mm. problem. You know, no difference in the revenue you're getting, but I think it's going to make a massive difference to the conversion rate, for, particularly for new customers. Well, and repeat. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, was the ROAS. Like, I think one of the kind of newbie mistakes people say is when you take ROAS, ROAS is the return on advertised spend. And you say, well, what ROAS do you want? And they say, well, as high as possible. Mm. And it's like, well, um, you know, Do they yes. still say that? <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people kind of say as high as possible. But I think what you want to realize with ROAS is if you think about it as like a triangle, like as you move up the triangle, you, the, as ROAS moves up the triangle, the traffic, you know, the, the area above the line, if you draw a horizontal line across it, I'm not sure whether people can understand this, but basically as ROAS goes up, you're going to get less traffic. You're going to get less traffic. What? Sorry, so, say that again, because you, you lost me at triangle. <laughs> so imagine you've got a triangle, like a triangle on a, on a chalkboard. You right? know what a triangle is. Good. It's got three sides. And then yeah. you, 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 you draw a line across it, like maybe across the middle horizontally. Yeah. Now the area above that line, so you've obviously made a new triangle at the top, is the is the traffic, right? And as that as that line moves up, the traffic is going to reduce. the re, The area is going to reduce in that in that yeah. um, in that triangle. So that's what the ROAS is. As you increase the ROAS, the traffic will reduce because what you're effectively asking uh, Facebook and Google to do is. Um, you know, only go after sales when you're really, 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 really sure that you can make a sale, um, especially with Google. And so the ROAS, the ROAS is kind of like a bit confusing because you don't actually want necessarily to have the highest ROAS. You want to have the highest throughput for the business. You want to have the highest profit that yeah. you can make at any given time. And that will be dictated by, you know, a balance of, the amount of traffic you can get at the ROAS that you can you can achieve. So 
the reason we look at the margin calculator sheet is because we put the lifetime customer value in, we put the other things in to see how that affects our ROAS. So take the example of the customers doing, I think they're doing about 15 million and they massively increased their lifetime customer value by using um, our process, which is called the fear of loss, getting the second order uh, system that we developed last year. And that system massively increased the lifetime customer value because we focused on the second sale. And then, then we went back to the margin calculator sheet and we looked at it and went, well, you used to have to hit a four ROAS. Now you can recruit at a two, uh, 2.5, which 250%, mm. because they were getting the same profit at that level because they now got their, their lifetime value higher. And then, of course, what happens is it's not, you know, even though you, 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 if you lower the ROAS, you know, you've almost halved the ROAS, but you're not getting twice as much traffic. You might be able to then get, be able to go and buy six times, mm. eight times as much traffic. It's kind of like a logarithmic scale, because if you think about it, the percentage of people who can recruit at that ROAS in the market gets disproportionately less as you increase the ROAS because you get to the point where, you know, a market, take perfumes, for example, selling perfumes, there was everybody, you know, probably got from the same suppliers, everybody had the same, um, had the same uh, delivery costs, everybody same had price. the same margins, and yeah. they, they had exactly the same products. So it, it, the market very quickly organizes itself around a, a ROAS and you can very easily sell at seven when everybody's not making much, much money and you can very, it's very difficult to sell anything over 11 mm -hmm. ROAS. So if you come into that market with an upsell strategy that works really, really well, it gives you an extra 10, 20%, you could effectively go and buy all the traffic in the market because no one else can buy that traffic. So if you increase the lifetime customer value and even reduce the ROAS you need to hit by 10, 15, 25%, 30%. You don't increase the traffic by 30%. You increase it by massive, massive amounts. So that's kind of like the relationship you have to understand. It's like that. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, I'm going to, I'm going to quote Victoria Beckham now. <laughs> she used to say something like that inch taller like that person who's one inch taller or one inch better, or that like two centimeters better than everybody else, they get everything. And it's a bit like that winner takes all. Take, take a, um, a muse, someone on, on, on Spotify or, or shop on Spotify, like that singer, yeah? Like how much better as a musician is the person who gets 80% of the revenue from music? It's, they're not that much better. It's like winner takes all. So it's very much like Winner, winner takes all in terms of ROAS. So, and that's why it's so important what, to look at. Yeah. So what we're saying is that you have to architect the business to, to be able to get the, a lower... I mean, you want to be able to architect the business to get a lower ROAS as you possibly can. So that... Because if... If you so, and you do that by improving your conversion rate, average order value, and your lifetime customer value, isn't it? Mm. If all things are the same. So, but what I mean, going back to the first point where we were saying, you know, the mistake, the newbie mistake people make is saying, I want the highest return on ad spend possible, and because that's massively going to limit the growth of the business, you know, you, you actually want to operate 
up to the maximum your row ass can be, or in well, the minimum. So yeah, you know, you're in the you, market square, aren't you? You know, if you say, "Oh, I want the highest return on spend possible," you know, yeah. you're not in a vacuum. You, I mean, if you've got a blue ocean, you've created a product that no one else sells, and you completely dominate the price, and you, you're a monopoly. Yeah, of course, <laughs> go and get the highest return on ad spend you you, you yeah. need. But you're not existing in a mic in a, in a vacuum. Other people yeah. are serving those customers. Do you know what? I think over the years, I think the businesses that I've seen really scale are the ones that have truly understood the relationship between return on ad spend and lifetime customer value. Yeah. And so they've had the confidence to actually pull the advertising lever, confidently knowing that that they're not selling a product, they're buying a customer. You know, yeah. that first sale, they're not selling a product, they're buying a customer. And they know that they've got the customer loyalty, they've got the lifetime customer value there. And last week I did a, I did a podcast with the, 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 a guy called Oliver and he took the white company from five to 50 million. And did you know what? He was a very humble guy and we'll put it out on the podcast soon. And one of the, what he said was that they realized that they could confidently recruit a customer at a 20 pound loss but knew that over the lifetime they would be very profitable. Yeah, and it's well, really, that's that's what a, you can only do that if you know your numbers. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, exactly. if you don't know your numbers, if you don't like you know your lifetime customer value, and you're not, I mean, especially if you haven't really worked on your lifetime customer value, if you can see that that works at that point, you go, well, if we go and focus on a lifetime customer value, and those are the figures now, we're bound to make more money because we haven't optimized that at all. And most, yeah. most people, I mean, most people come onto the level two program have never really, you know, they, if you say to them, you know, what, how, how long does it take for someone on average to, to buy something for a second time? They don't know the answer, you know, and then you can say, well, you know, if they do buy a second time, how does it compare to the first average order value? They don't know the answer to that. You know, yeah. it's like, what, what, what incentives have you got to, for someone to buy again? And they'll go, oh, we got an offer. You know, it's very loose. It's very loose. Isn't it? Yeah, you know, but yeah, it's so. Oh, I mean, if you yeah. if you get the target sheet and you look at it, the march the margin calculator sheet, and you look at it, you suddenly go, you know, it wakes you up, doesn't it? So oh, yeah, yeah, it does. So I mean, we, we we did you know as another story, we did um we did some work with a massive massive company. I won't say who it is, but it's a huge company. They launched a consumer brand on the back of it, and. The, it, it, because the margin wasn't good enough and the cost per sale was too high, no matter what the lifetime customer value was, um, in any scenario, we just couldn't make it profitable. And we only knew that because we'd done the margin calculator sheet. Mm. You know, so we went into it, eyes wide open. We said, right, something's got to change. You've either got to increase the average order value massively you know, or you've got to get your, your margin up. Yeah, yeah. It was so difficult, so difficult. Yeah. Well, it wasn't difficult, to be honest. They needed to be told that, and they needed to be put that in front yes. of them and say, this is the issue. Because at the end of the day, unless someone tells them that. Well, you know what? That is, that is so important, because I was, I was about to make a silly little jokey comment there, but, you know, I, it's actually a very serious point. I don't think anybody had told them 
that it was as simple as that. The fact was that their costs of sale and their margin, the costs of sale were too high and the margin was too low. Mm. Mm. And I said, there's nothing that you can do. You can't make the web, if you, you can't make the website better to, no. to solve that problem. You can't have better photography, better emails, better data capture, better, better paid social campaigns. It isn't going to make any difference. No. So unless you fix this, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember saying saying it was a bit like a butcher's, wasn't it? It's was looking like a butcher's where if a customer comes in and they want to buy something, you give them you give them the, the their meat and you you give them you know two dollars every time they came in, and you're like, well, how many times do you want that customer to come in? You're like, none, because yeah. we're losing money on every customer. There's no yeah. point. We can't we can't lifetime our customer value out of this because we're just yeah. losing on everything. But if they, but if they, yeah, but it, exactly. But if if they. You gave them two pounds in the first purchase, but they came back, mm. and then they gave you two pounds every time they came back in. Then you go, great, it's worth doing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you basically, ROA, return on ad spend, is probably the most single most important thing you've got to get right in your e-commerce business. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion, and you you know you push it as hard as you pass possibly can be, do, mm. and then it allows you to scale, you know? So if your minimum ROAS, you've, you've, you've worked out, your minimum ROAS you can operate on is three. Yeah. And then, you know, then for you make, you make a bit of profit, you're happy. You push it to three. You pull the traffic lever until you get to three. Yeah. And then when your ROAS dips below that and you go, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. We're now on 2.5. You change something. You change your conversion rate, you change your average order value, you change your lifetime customer value, so it goes back up to three. Mm. And you can, it go, let's say it goes to four, and then you can pull the traffic lever again, and you're able to, you're able to buy traffic that was previously unprofitable. Now, we've talked about this for years, and I, I think, you know, I probably sound like a broken record, but that is e-commerce. It's the ability to understand your return on ad spend and to and to push that as hard as you can until it fails. Yeah. And anything you do on your e-commerce business, conversion rate, average order value, life to customer value, anything you do is all about return on ad spend. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. I mean, and, and there are some people that don't want to just grow and get become the biggest customer. They want to grow profit. If you want to grow profit, it's slightly different. And you obviously got to focus on different things. You've got to, you've got to focus on increasing your ROAS, by increasing the the metrics on your site, getting more out of the existing traffic, you know, getting more out of existing customers. One thing that I know a lot of people listen to this, they kind of say, well, we've got different margin on different products. So how do we deal with that? So, you know, th there's two options. First of all, you could have different campaigns on Google ads, for example, like on the different margins. So you could have one campaign with a high margin product, one campaign with low margin product, or, if the margin on some products is super, super low, and you can see that it doesn't lead to another sale, then you could pull them out of Google Shopping and not, and not promote them. The only caveat mm. to that is, you've got to be very careful that they aren't products that are bought as a kind of like a, um, as a starter yeah, so. product. Because- Yeah, i.e. They, they lead to a good, loyal customer. Yeah, so like there was, a, there was a guy who was selling Porsche parts and he took all his parts out below, the, below 10 pounds out of his feed and his sales really dropped. And it's like, well, it, that, that part, for example, even though it's small and it's on 10 pounds, you can only, you would only buy that if you owned a Porsche. 
And so therefore yeah. it was introducing that customer to the brand. And of course, if someone's buying something for a Porsche and getting it delivered online, they might go and buy other things and look at where they want to do and they might drop yeah. a big order. So you've got to be careful that you don't just look at it like an accountant and kind of go, oh, we'll just drop that line and we won't do that stuff like that. You've really got to look at how it affects your whole journey of your of your um, your business. Um, so, very good point. Yeah. So the, the, as, as I mentioned before, we calculated the margin sheet, we calculated the sheet so you could work this out so you could get an idea. I've done a video training on that. Grab a copy of it in the show notes um, if you haven't already got it. Um, and then yeah. how often do we, you know, do we revisit the the margin calculator sheet? Now, Ian and I recently um, introduced the level two program to what we call our frying, frying bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it myself, the flying bridge, which is like on a ship, you know, like a ship, a, a big ship that has a bridge. We call it the fr uh, flying bridge um, e-commerce management process. And part of that is calculating the lifetime customer value every month. And the reason we do that is because we want to go and re-enter that into our margin calculator sheet each month to see how that is affecting affecting things. Because if our lifetime customer value is, is, is increasing, that's going to give us a lot more choices on what we can do with our ad spend and what we can do and how we can recruit. And, and also, if it's if it's lowering, we don't want to make sure we're not a busy fool, you know, shipping loads of water and not making any money. So we revisit that actually once a month. Um, yeah. So the the, the, the yeah. biggest just, effect, just, sorry. I was just saying, yeah. just saying one point about the return on ad spend, the margin calculator sheet is, is that it's the first thing we do when we meet any e-commerce business, whether or not we want to invest in it or we are we're we're going in and helping do it on a consultative basis, you know, or we're doing a you know an analysis if they're trying to sell for you know X million. The first thing we'll do is look at that margin calculator, and it's not just watch your margin, but it, it shows the margin combined with the lifetime customer value, which mm. gives us. The ROAS that we, the minimum ROAS that we're able to go to, and the lower the ROAS, the easier it is to scale. The higher the ROAS, the harder it is to scale. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it basically, it's like looking at the machine of the business. What's the machine behind this business? What it's going to do? Can we change it for the better? Can we, you know, if we change, because you go to the margin calculation and you go, well, if I increase the lifetime customer value by 10%, how does that affect overall profit? Does it go up by 10% or does it increase by more? Like, how does it, you know, is my delivery cost too high? Is it going to work? You know, it, it, it gives you an idea of once you've played around with it, of what you're dealing with. It, you, you, it's like, kind of like you find yourself in a box and you're just finding out what's in the box with you. And you go, well, that's a tool. That's That needs to be moved. And that needs to be where I go. And that's what I'm... I need to get so margin and row are super super important fundamentals of e-commerce um get started with it if you haven't put your figures into a margin calculator sheet get it into the margin calculator sheet and see what's um what's working in your business what doesn't work and then reach out to us um you know in our facebook groups and ask ask for benchmarks and say whether that's a good idea and whether it's whether it's viable and we'll give you some feedback on it cool cool so Thanks, thank you very much um i will speak to you soon ian yeah cheerio awesome. see you next week bye bye